Pins and Needles, Galicia, Spain. Mark and Johanna had landed on their feet. They had stumbled across a delightful restaurant at the end of a narrow laneway off the main pedestrian street. It had that rare sought-after combination of antiquity and cleanliness. They were now ooing and eyeing over an extensive menu that the waiter was patiently translating for them. In the end, they decided to leave themselves in his hands and to share a selection of local delights that he enthusiastically recommended. Mark was thrilled with a jamón de bellota, a cured ham that because the animal had spent its life eating acorns, purportedly contained no cholesterol. I can't believe I can eat as much as I want of this and not worry about getting an heart attack, he laughed. Then again, just because it has no cholesterol doesn't mean it's not full of calories. I never think about calories, said Joanna. I just eat a little bit of whatever I want and make sure to get some sort of exercise in every day. I wish I could do that, said Mark, but I just don't have the willpower. I love my food and I love big quantities of it. The funny thing is that I can go all day without eating. If I'm working on a project or busy with something, it's at night that I generally lose control and pig out. Also, I think that I'm just one of those people with a slow metabolism. I remember seeing a TV documentary, said Johanna. And they said that all those theories about metabolisms were rubbish. In fact, they found that the people who are struggling with their weight usually had an emotional problem behind it. Mark picked up his glass of Albarino and took a long sip in an attempt to mask his discomfort. It didn't work. I'm sorry, that was probably insensitive of me, said Johanna. No, it's grand. You're probably right. My dad died before I was old enough to remember him, and my mum took to drinking vodka and popping all sorts of pills to get over it. It wasn't the most stable childhood. That must have been tough. Well, when I look back, it isn't any surprise that I ended up fat. She never cooked. It was always frozen pizzas or takeaway Chinese when she remembered to feed us at all. Then, when I was twelve, she tried to kill herself. I came home from school and found her unconscious on the sofa. She'd swallowed a whole box of pills. Gave a humorless laugh. I knew there was something wrong as soon as I came into the room, because there was a western on TV. She hated westerns. Joanna reached across the table and put a hand on his. God, I'm so sorry. Don't worry, I'm over it. After that, it wasn't so bad. An aunt ended up taking me in while they put mum into a rehabilitation place. It was an absolute nightmare for my poor aunt. I can see that now. She hung in there, bless her, till I ran away the day after my 17th birthday. I managed to get a job and sent word I was okay so she could wipe her hands of me with a clear conscience. To be honest, I reckon it must have been a huge relief for her. What about your mother? Oh, while I was living with my aunt, they finally decided that they'd cured her. They sent her home and she killed herself that night, slit her wrists. Mark felt almost guilty at the horrified look that came to Joanna's face. He hastened to appease her. To be honest, it didn't really affect me as much as it possibly should have. I guess in my mind I'd lost her a long time before that. Joanna gazed at him with a mixture of pity and fascination before picking up her glass and holding it aloft. Here's to you, an amazing survivor, to have come through all that and to end up the funny, kind, smart person that you are. You should be so proud of yourself. It's hard to be proud of yourself when you look like this. 
But you're doing something about it, aren't you? I mean, that's why you're here. I guess so, yeah. But I've tried so many things, so many times, that it's hard to believe that anything's ever going to work. They say you have to be ready. So are you ready? Mark thought about it for a moment, and then a smile spread across his face. You know, maybe I am. Yeah, I think I am. Joanna lifted her glass again. Here is to new beginnings. Mark raised his wine, and the distinctive sound of two quality crystal glasses coming together rang clear and cheerful above the bright hubbub of the restaurant. You know, I've never told anybody all that, said Mark suddenly. It's weird. I hardly know you, and it it all just came out. That's not so weird, really, said Johanna, smiling. It's the Camino. For a moment he considered telling her about Adelina and the doctored photographs, but he decided against it. If tomorrow came without regrets for the information he'd already shared, then there'd be time enough in the coming days, on the way, to share more of his inner conundrums. Chapter 8 Colossians Mark woke with a start, leapt up, and just came short of banging his head on the underside of the bunk above him. Something had prodded his leg. He looked and saw the lower end of a telescopic aluminium walker stick dangling suspiciously near to where his leg had been attacked. A man's bearded face appeared upside down in the gloom between him and the rest of the sleeping dormitory. You were snoring, it said. Sorry, he mumbled as the head disappeared back to the upper bunk. He was lying on his back. People were more likely to snore when they lay on their backs, he reminded himself. He wondered if Johanna, sleeping at the other end of the dormitory, had heard him. Even if she had, he reasoned, she couldn't be sure it was him. Anyway, after the quantity of wine they'd both downed, he doubted that she was aware of anything. He rolled onto his side and was alarmed at the amount of creaking and rocking this caused the bunk bed to make. For a while he remained motionless, then, ever so carefully, he reached down to the floor and groped around for the old mobile phone. Locating it, he pulled it free of the charging cable and drew it into the sleeping bag with him so that the glow of the screen wouldn't light up the room. There were no new messages. He checked the time. It was just after three in the morning. The peregrinos would begin to rise in two or three hours. I can stay awake that long. To keep his mind occupied, he began to work out the number of calories he had burned with all of his walking the previous day, and to balance that against the number of calories of the meals he had consumed. Seven hours of walking at, say, 300 calories per hour was 2100. The lasagna and chips would come in at about 1500, he reckoned. The meal with Johanna, along with the wine... He gave an inward groan. He had conveniently forgotten the wine, tortilla and oil-soaked tomato that he'd lunched on at the stable outside Perino, and he'd eaten at least two bowls of nuts that came with the after-dinner drinks. Whatever way he worked, the mathematics, one thing was certain. He was no closer to the weight loss that he needed to achieve before Adelina's arrival. At the thought, her picture arose in his mind, and with it, he became aware of a new complication. As he tried to focus on Adelina's face, smiling statically at him from one of his favourite of her Facebook pictures, Johanna's face, laughing over dinner, broke in and pushed the image aside. He recalled Johanna's concern as he'd talked about his messed up childhood. He recalled the laughter that had followed too many glasses of wine. 
He felt the closeness of her as she linked his arm on the way back to the albergue, and the secret thrill that he'd felt when she said, jokingly, that they might have to share a hotel room for the night if they didn't make it back by the 10pm curfew. He took a deep breath and forced one part of his brain to detach itself and play devil's advocate. Let's face it, Mark, you're in danger of becoming infatuated with any half-decent-looking woman who shows you some attention. You haven't had that attention from a female in years, at least not in real life. He forced his thoughts to return to Adelina, but not to the images. Instead, he focused on the emails, months and months of daily conversation, through which they had shared and explored each other's hopes, fears, dreams and ambitions. He stopped at that thought. He wasn't being totally honest. Certainly she had shared such things with him, but he had to admit that there was a good deal of fiction in the hopes, fears, dreams and ambitions that he shared with Adelina. His slim, fit alter ego had planned hikes up to the base camp of Everest and road trips in a VW combi to the centre of Australia and the Aboriginal holy mountain of Urulu. The fictitious fears that he'd stated to her belonged to the virtual mark that he'd created for her benefit. The truth was that his plans involved losing a few stone and his fears were that he would be found out for the fraud that he was. Another realisation struck him. He had intended to find an internet cafe and to email Adelina but he'd been distracted by his evening with Johanna. The combination of physical weariness, mental anguish and inebriation had proven too much. I'll figure it out tomorrow. Once more he began to work out the calorie count for the day and to balance it with the calories burned. Seven hours walking at 300 calories an hour was 2100, but surely with a heavy backpack he could add another 100 calories per hour. The counting lulled him. Tomorrow he would do better, he swore as sleep began to overtake him.